Hello, this is Rowan and welcome to the Sacred Grove podcast. So today I wanted to talk about one of my goddess friends, my lady friend, I like to call her or them, I guess. Uh, And uh, her name is Lilith. Uh, I actually call her Lily a lot when I um, feel excited and feel her presence and um, just, uh, I don't know, I guess it shows a level of closeness that we have our, uh, or I have my, my names for them and it shows just like other relationships, um, I think the closeness, the connection, companionship and just ease, ease, like you're just my friend. And I know that other people approach uh, the divine in different ways than that, um, but that's my particular flavor. And I guess with all this uh, that I'll be saying here today, I did want to bring up this term called unverified personal gnosis or UPG, something I did not ever hear about before I got into paganism and heathenry and exploring those types of traditions and the gods and goddesses. And basically what that means, uh, and this is to my understanding, is uh, um, that UPG is your personal experience with uh, an entity or being or practice which is different from, potentially different from, what we know historically. A lot of this stuff, especially in my traditions, are having to piece things together. We don't have as much as we'd like, or as much as I'd like, uh, about what the, the fullness of, of the practices and how these beings were understood and engaged with. Some people just like to really stick to this is what we know. Uh, this is what we know historically, and that's how they flavor their practice. I like to incorporate uh, different elements. It's one of the things that can come up with it if, as an issue uh, with uh, my practices, and it, you know, it's acknowledged, is that with the spread of Christianity, into different uh, territories and especially as a a kind of a state sanctioned push that much of what we had was destroyed or buried or hidden um, or reinterpreted with a Christian flavor and so um, many of the things I'm exploring from that angle I have to kind of like note that like how might that have influenced it in terms of how they saw this particular entity. And of course, often it's in a negative light. Uh, And of course we will get into that with Lilith. Uh, She has a, quite a story. So I just want to acknowledge, and that's kind of what I have, I've taken um, in terms of ethics and practice is acknowledging that this is my personal experience and your experience might be different and other people's experience might be different. And I've had to, I think in, in working with that in community 
is understand that like if these are really divine beings they can connect with people in all kinds of ways and all different ways that feel comfortable for those people and that's why their practices might look different and um, they might engage differently I think the the piece that I really try to try to hold whether it's um, you know for whatever it's worth is what is my sense of that being what is the the nature of our relationship what is that flavor uh, that they bring to our dynamic and I I will say that there are times when people what people are saying about you know and this goes more broadly for God as well and goddess um, but also these entities that just doesn't fit with how I know them and that can be challenging sometimes I, I'll say as a practitioner because then especially if you don't have the the grounding of communal support that um, some doubts can come up like you know because a lot of this stuff isn't tangible it's not things that sometimes it is things we can see it is synchronicity it is things or you know things that are happening that we're we're witnessing um the way things are falling into place in our lives in certain moments can be reaffirming and a lot of it is you know the feel of things the sense of things and so my the way I, I definitely do hold it is um, totally get if you don't believe any of this stuff or buy into it if you haven't experienced it. Especially within this culture that doubts that stuff so much. If it's not tangible, if it's not scientific, if it's not rational, if it's not um, you know something you can hold and prove, then um, it doesn't exist. And that's how that's definitely been a tool of the colonization process and part of my work in my spirituality is really honoring it as a way to decolonize that spirituality has been an essential piece of the human experience since the beginning of time it was integrated into life for my ancestry and how they saw themselves how they saw the world how they understand understood their place in things and that's important to me and uh, something that I actively work to reclaim on a daily basis from this project this colonization project so and all of that does relate to Lilith uh, because she is, she's all about empowering, reclamation, liberation. That's what I love about her. So, <clears throat> who is Lilith? Great question. Um, well, there's a lot of stories about Lilith. And if you look her up, you will see many, many different things. Uh, warning, trigger warning, some demonic things. Uh, she is associated with 
some demon things and um, I have a lot of questions about that. I don't really buy a lot of that stuff, but uh, some people do. Um, some people do as a way to silence her and um, silence other people um, as a warning and uh, as a control tactic. And some people see her as a demon or associate her with that as an empowering thing, I think. I don't know much about those traditions, but I will note them a little bit. So the, in terms of my story of Lilith, how I see her, what I take from the things, the research that I've done and what I've read, and I do want to acknowledge that the source material that I have seen is in the Jewish tradition and some uh, stories within the Jewish tradition. And there is some speculation about where she might in some ways be referenced biblically, but um, I think that's a little bit looser. I'm not a scholar and I'm not claiming to be one in this, in this area. Um, so I, I, I take from different sources, but Essentially, she was supposed she was the first woman, so she was the woman before Eve. And her story was something along the lines of she wanted to it, it's a sexual thing. Uh, she wanted to be on top, and she only wanted to be on top, and Adam didn't like that. and uh, Pushed back against that and she eventually had to flee the garden or she left uh, the Garden of Eden um, and then it gets into demonic stuff um, part of the story is that angels were sent to bring her back and in order to keep her freedom she had to have a lot of demon babies. There's a lot about babies. It's it, so much about babies, demon babies, stealing babies, stealing other things uh, from in sexual ways. Uh, the stories get pretty wild of her and um, I don't really give a lot of weight to those because again, I see it as a tool to silence and oppress women and people that challenge power structures, challenge institutions, is that look what will happen to you if you do that. You're clearly evil and you're associated with demons and like we don't have to listen to what you say, we don't have to um, engage with you, you're not part of our community. So um, I, don't, I don't even want to give a lot of space to that. When, as I mentioned, the kind of empowering one, which I don't fully know the story of this, but it, uh, supposedly in the Satanic Bible, uh, they see her as the wife of uh, Satan, Lucifer, as a, a strong figure. Um, I don't know much more than that. Um, I question that too, though, because again, it's still taking on this demonic flair. Um, and I know that there were probably other 
perspectives and intentions on that that I don't I can't fully speak to but just on the surface I don't see her as what I conceptualize as a demon which it brings up a lot of questions but it's like okay well if she's a demon okay if somebody challenges authority as a demon then somebody that's fighting for their liberation against oppression is it associated with demons someone who has a voice who has a perspective is empowered demon okay well then who is lucifer now she part of the story as well is that she did re-engage in relationship uh with samuel or samuel who is another who's an angel who was an angel and he also is kind of potentially also lucifer some people say he is he isn't but there's a negative flair around him um but it is interesting like you know okay there's something he's offering in that relationship that adam wasn't so then yeah i mean once you get thinking you're like okay well, what what all's going on here what's who who are these characters and um how do we assess this whole demonic flair when we also know especially now it's more and more information is coming out about the significant institutional abuse that um went on in the church for a long time um with most recently uh looking at the residential schools but that those power structures were established well before that time and when we look at things like the inquisition and how millions of, of people were killed mostly women for threatening the church by being intellectual or wealthy or powerful or um, knowledgeable about healing and spiritual practices um, that uh, Lilith became a powerful tool to threaten people and warn people warn women warn when warn queer people uh, excuse me queer people as well I believe that um, do not step outside the box or um, bad things will happen spiritually things that you should be frightened of um, so so that's where they took her into the point where people would um, put like pendants on there uh, to protect their children um, because there was fear that she would steal like there's a certain time period where your child your your infant was at risk uh, from Lilith now again these are all stories so um, now so there's her as that figure there is also speculation of this other figure that was a sort of demon snake figure um, that would like hide in a tree or went into a tree when it was approached um, that also has loosely been connected but then some people say it's the same character some people say it's different who knows there's a lot more to this if you want to dig into the research uh, there is some uh, scour the internet 
Um, to me, again, not as much of a priority because I don't know, I don't know that I, I give a lot of weight to things that to me clearly are uh, a manipulation of a story to be used to oppress people and by the elites and by leadership and, and to um, a response to, to people and ideas that feel threatening to that power structure. So, so Lilith left and then Eve came. So if you don't know the story of Adam and Eve, Eve was actually made from Adam, from his rib, from a rib, in his rib cage. And then uh, they ate, uh, then the serpent came and did some magic with Eve and convinced her to eat an apple from the uh, tree of knowledge and Adam with no interesting he had he had some agency but he lost it in this moment and just did what she said it, it's according to um, that that Western church uh, view the, uh, it was her fault or that's how it's been passed down. Um, he ate the apple and then, you know, the, they were sinners and then they had to leave and it was a problem. And then we're all, uh, that's the original sin that we're all carrying, uh, that we're born sinful. And, um, <sighs> yeah, a lot of harm there has been done. So... <laughs> I have other I have some other theories and it, again these are my, my personal thoughts about that trio Adam Eve and Lilith is that Lilith to me represents the spiritual power that women and queer people had in communities prior to the spread of patriarchy, which um, in some of the sources I've read is linked to communities that worshiped sun gods or god of light. Um, and as they spread and had uh, these patriarchal perspectives about women's roles, that um, women were pushed out, women and queer people were pushed out of spiritual practices and sacred spaces, and that became the work of men and women and um, their uh, spiritual power was looked more at fear, with fear, it's, it's wild, it's curvy, it's sensual, it's embodied, it's a problem, it's not controlled. And then those spaces then became controlled and defined by men. And I see that metaphorically as the relationship between Adam and Eve, whereas Eve was defined by Adam as in coming from him versus being created equally on her own and she was put in a role where she was seen lesser as the partner to, the wife of, the partner of, um, which is still going on today, how many uh, women define themselves by 
who they are in relation to. I'm the sister of, I'm the mother of, I'm the child of. Uh, so, it's, so some of that's still playing out for some people. Um, and uh, that even though she was defined by man in a servant role, that inherent her nature is bad and is a problem. Like she will end up causing the downfall. She will end up causing problems because there is just something not right with her. So that's what I take from the story. And I take also a warning that empowered women who stand up to that uh, and queer people who stand up to that will be cast out. You will face the rejection of your community, the rejection of God. Um, and that's, that's your lot in life. So be careful, be warned that you need to keep your mouth shut and you need to do what you're told and that you're evil, you're a problem. And um, that's the warning. Now, some people also say, um, so there's another story floating around that Lilith was the one that actually sent the serpent in to manipulate Eve out of jealousy. Um, I just, I can't, sorry, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it, it, it cracks me up. I just don't, I, just the stories. Um, because inherent in these stories is so much of the the patriarchal perspective of like a woman and like how she must be jealous of other women and she's obsessed with babies and having babies and stealing babies and her life is revolving around um, babies and manipulating men and like uh, being jealous of other women and um, it's just like I don't it's absurd to me it's just so uh, I don't know the word uh, stereo it's, it's just the stereotype it's this, this cultural narrative that they want to push of how women are and um, very so limiting so limiting view of women and how they work and operate and what they care about and who they are and the spiritual power that they hold. It's just um, so limiting this this role, like the, the woman being defined that way or held by that definition or, or seen that way and, and how to me she is so representative of a story that has been co-opted, that's been taken, and that the power of the elite, like there's there's so much power and display in her story of how her narrative was taken by those in power and given a certain meaning or given a certain flavor or told in a certain way um, making assumptions about her and that even in her, even after her 
it's not to say after her death, although she's not dead, but you know, say like hundreds of years later, she's they're still crafting that narrative and still crafting that narrative for how Lilith exists in our society today. And um, it's very interesting to, I think, think about how that may play out in terms of your relationship with yourself and your spirituality, whatever your gender is. Um, so the other side of the, I think the power for her is, or, or the, 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 the story of power with her is that she was willing to give up everything that she knew, or that's the, the situation she was put in. She had to leave everything behind for her freedom. Her fight for her freedom, her drive for her freedom, for liberation, she risked it all. To start over, to have a new life, to be free of an oppressive relationship and a, you know, that, that didn't give her space to be her full self, to be honored fully as who she was and what she needed and what she wanted, that that wasn't a priority. And um, for me, she has been representative of my own struggle with, excuse me, oppression and restrictions and um, the boxes and boundaries that people and society try to put me in and that struggle to be free. And so it's hard because for her, I just see her, I, I put her on a pedestal and <laughs> just like, I just want to be like Lilith. I want to be free. And, um, I love that story of just risking it all for liberation. Like that, 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 that is, I want that for myself. I want, I, I mean, I want freedom. I want liberation for myself and all people, all beings. Um, and uh, she is, uh, yeah, so, so powerful to me in that way. And, and of course wanting that, but then also uh, it can cause some resentments because I feel within me that fear of like, well, you know, the centuries of, uh, well, what happens to you if you do that? You get rejected, you get abused, you get killed, you lose everything. And um, that her narrative has been played out by the elites, by the, those in power for centuries of like, this is what we do to especially women and queer people. Of course, there are men as well. Um, all people have experienced this, but there's something about that flavor for her, I, I think, that brings in the, that particular experience of um, the femi feminine wisdom and how that may show up 
and um, what the experience of is of, is there if you don't fit into the box and so there's that story and then if if over the centuries that story has been continually reinforced by the action of those in power of leadership of institutions that this may be something unacknowledged that we're carrying is that fear that's definitely how i orient my fear is that intergenerational piece of what have i inherited in terms of the warnings against being like lilith and the the potential suffering that i may experience if i really embrace and go into being like her and as much as i want to i still carry that wound of that trauma that my ancestors whether blood related or not collectively i carry um in this body uh in this body that I have I can't speak for your body but in my body I carry that uh, that awareness of this is what happens and what could happen and knowing that you know if I really step into it that um, I'm taking a risk and she's she's alive in me so I think that's important to acknowledge that in our spiritual practice that there may be some of that inherited trauma and how do we acknowledge that how do we support it and work with it because it's easy I think to get resentful of that fear like, oh I just want to be empowered and do all this stuff but then how do we support that part of ourselves that's really how do we hold that part in compassion that really carries that that fear that is well-founded. Um, there's plenty of stories and examples, history, um, of uh, what, what people have experienced when they did not fit into the box. So that's a piece I definitely work with personally with Lilith and um, that holding holding of, of that, that fear and challenging myself at the same time to be brave and do what's right. And um, I, for Lilith really represents for me authenticity of being my full self in this world. And that, that struggle and desire to really embody the fullness of who God created me to be and as God created me. So with Lilith, I, a couple of other things, um, I think that that story though of Lilith, whether or not you connect with her as a being, as a divinity, as a spirit, that just even her story can be very powerful as, um, we don't, and I'm, I'm speaking of dominant culture in the U.S. and really the loss that has been sustained culturally i think in lacking of stories of the feminine divine but also powerful women and what's possible what's capable what we're capable of um 
so even just bringing in more of these stories, I think just as a character, as a narrative, can be quite empowering. She can be a symbol of an energy that you want to bring into your life, of who you want to be more of, who you want to step into more of. Again, even if you don't connect with her spiritually, and I do want to say that for, like, you don't have to, um, and there's many people who don't, there's many, uh, believe in spiritual beings like this, um, or goddesses, that um, doesn't mean you can't work with Lilith. She might end up coming to you, just, you know, be warned. Uh, maybe she doesn't, though, but uh, just even working with her story and her energy can be very powerful, even if you don't believe in things like a, a, a goddess being in the world. Um, so that's part of why I want to share her story as well, is that, you know, maybe something in her story and something that I share may open a door for you to be curious and I am going to talk about some of my I'm going to talk about my other goddesses as well um, Lilith did want to be spoken of so um, she told me a while back and here we are um, so I wanted to share this with you all again of just maybe you get curious and you start looking into her or one of the other goddesses or other types of goddesses or maybe you look into um something i do encourage people or i i guess i'll just speak to my own experience is that lilith came to me before i knew much about cultural appropriation and decolonizing things and how that may play into spiritual practice. Um, as I've moved through my, my spiritual practice and understanding more of that stuff, I have uh, shifted more toward looking at the ancestors that I know and who they, uh, who their gods and goddesses were. Um, that's, I think, and I'm just saying that as a white person, that I know uh, just part of my, my work on my whiteness is to really think through things like cultural appropriation and being respectful of different communities and that my ancestry does, my more recent ancestry, and my community does have a history of appropriating spiritual practices and ascribing a certain type of um, spiritualism to different communities and um, taking their practices without really getting permission and engaging in a respectful and right relationship. So as my practice has evolved, I have um, shifted more to um, Norse heathenry and Irish paganism. Now, the other side of that is that, you know, if you really do believe in gods and goddesses, then they can connect with whoever they want to. And uh, I do also want to honor that spiritually and that it is important, I believe, as a white person to be mindful of how we engage respectfully and how we 
engage with community. And something that's been interesting for me in getting into Irish paganism is not realizing that, you know, in working with people in Ireland and practitioners in Ireland is that they have experienced a lot of cultural appropriation. Now, coming from the U.S. context, I'm like, wow, how does that, but they're, you know, majority white population and they are my ancestry, what's the issue there? But apparently there has been a lot of harm done in stealing traditions, stealing practices, um, missing, uh, misusing practices and just making things up like so many um, I've, I'm learning so, so much material is just made up it's not it's not accurate and it's not respectful of the community and so even when you're digging into your ancestral practices that acknowledging that there is a living community of, pra of practitioners that are from that land, from that region, and how do you engage respectfully and in right relationship with that community? How do you really connect with the community um, if you are going to be using those practices? So I'll probably talk more about that as I as I go on, but just uh, important to note. I don't know where I've asked myself that. Like, where does Lilith fit in that? Because I'm not, I, I do have some, I've learned I have some Jewish ancestry. I was raised within a culture that was Christian, and I see that as coming from the Jewish tradition. Um, but uh, I don't know who claims Lilith. I don't know. Um, but uh, she she came to me it's interesting because I had never known of her but and I later learned that the Lilith Fair was kind of inspired by her I I've heard of that but I didn't know like what the meaning was growing up and um, I just kept hearing her name like oh have you heard of her or she would pop up in different things I was reading I'm like okay and then the more I then I was like, maybe I should look into her, and I did, and I was just blown away. Um, it was an instant connection, and um, then she started to like engage with me spiritually, and like so much spiritually, I think it is like listening. You know, what do you? It's often whispers, like the name, the voice. Um, one of the ways that she engages with me is through owls. She's connected to the owl. Um, she flew flew out of Eden as an owl, maybe. Um, and so when I hear the call of an owl, um, that's her often letting me know, like, hey, I'm here. How you doing? Um, or I'm watching you. I see you. Um, and that's been a very beautiful experience over the years to connect with that animal and also to have that spiritual connection in those moments or experience it. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really have to be more complicated than that if you, um, but it, it, for some people they have more of a and maybe I'll do another session uh, or podcast on this of like 
different ways practices can look because mine is is very different from other people where they are doing certain regular uh, rituals and offerings and things like that and um, my relation my relationship is more um, conversation and, and conversation through nature um, that's how we we tend to connect so um, Lilith yeah she's I just really love her. So she, how she announced, I guess another piece of how she has engaged with me spiritually is I've gone through difficult times or challenging times. For me, Lilith has, has been showing up more as a protective force of like, no, like she's ultimate strong, powerful being she's not afraid of anything and so when I'm afraid she comes in and is and literally sometimes sits on my back how she usually appears she sits on my back or she's sitting up in a tree watching um, just keeping an eye out for anything that might be a threat um, and that's whether it's just something in life that I'm I'm stressed about or it's something like a a stressful spiritual experience like she keeps an eye out and that's kind of the that's the that's the flavor she's taken with me a lot more it's just like encouraging me to be myself and take those risks and also that like she has my back through the process and um, again with that that narrative of different people have different practices and different act uh, types of relationships as I have had people I've read stories of people like oh you need to be careful of Lilith because uh you know she could turn on you and um I have never had that experience with her she is solid she is with me and she is so loving and so protective and like I've got your back she is a warrior she is Yes. Yeah. She's a warrior for all of our liberation. And, um, and speaking of it ancestrally, yes, I don't know that I have any ancestors that even knew of her, but that I, she's the, only, she may be the only goddess that I'm just like, she's in my blood. Like I carry her blood. And to me, that's a, you know, whether it's like, I'm actually, descended from some sort of blood connection I, I don't really see it that way or need it that way but that um, I carry her I carry her energy I carry her life force into the world and um, what she she is representative of as much as these institutions or these uh, powers that be these elites may try to suppress her and suppress what she represents she'll keep coming back she will keep coming back I mean the fact that like I'm speaking her name that she still has a presence in this world after 
they have worked so hard to suppress her, um, to warn us against, to demonize and, and get rid of and push away her energy that she is still around, she is still thriving, um, she is still present, uh, it's huge. And it's very empowering to me when I may be in situations where I'm going up against some type of oppression or I want to push against her, I want to fight for something that's right, that as much power as that other side may have or that uh, institution or that force may have is that I'm going to just keep coming back. Like, we're just going to keep coming back. Like, you can't get rid of us. And uh, I see it, but more recently in my spiritual practice, I've, I've gotten the message of like, she represents, uh, or she's one aspect of, of God that refuses to be, refuses to um, be pushed out. Like uh, God will, just, I say that like, God, to me more lately, has been uh, challenging me, or I felt that, that push of constantly expanding my narrative of God, of what God is. That God is beyond comprehension, and that is very challenging and uncomfortable for our brains, our small brains. And so trying to put God into a box, and Lilith is is part of the peace of God. And I'll, I'll speak more of this um, when I talk about uh, queer people as well. Um, I won't go into that connection right now because that'll be another <laughs> subject. That'll be another episode. Um, Lilith represents a, uh, a peace of God that refuses to be contained, to be locked in, to be boxed in. That... Um, God is so far beyond our comprehension and really pushing us to open to the diversity and expansiveness of the universe, like I talked about in my last um, session. And uh, she's part of that energy. She's part of that energy that as much as you may try to shut her down because it's uncomfortable to really take in her experience, what she's sharing, what she's offering to really open up to the liberation that she is demanding that um, she'll keep coming back. And uh, God demands, oh, that's, I just felt that like, God demands liberation. God will continue to demand liberation. That just really hit me. And I'm trying to pull out what that, what exactly that is, but what's coming now is that shared experience, that experience that I have in seeking my own liberation and wanting the liberation for others 
hopefully working towards liberation of others is that that is They just say embodied experience, but like the God version, like it's an in God experience that we are part of God's push for that, that we are, we're not alone in it, that it is a divine process, it's a divine practice, it's a divine seeking. And um, that can be so, I think some of the emotion is like the pain of like, that can be so hard to hold because you've got this dominant culture and narrative that's so diminishing of you. And so is acting out that constriction, that oppression, that denial. And of course, there's going to be some doubt there. Of course, there's going to be um, some of that. And... Um, to hold that she just as much represents the divine as these other things, as these other um, things or she does to me. So to Lilith, I say to you, I just love you. <laughs> That's one piece. I just I love you, Lilith. You amaze me. Encourage to risk it all to be free. To continually keep coming back and fighting for your own freedom. Fighting for those of us that carry your essence and your energy. I pray that we may have that courage to step into this, to really honor who we are in this world, to continue to push towards liberation, to reclaim our story, our story that we are divine too, that we are loved, we are blessed, we are the part we belong here in this moment, in this space, in this time, in this glorious body. We belong here too. We have a right to be here too. That these institutions, this dominant culture, as much as it tries to steal and diminish and distort our narrative and our story about who and what we are and our intentions and where we come from that we can reclaim that and we can hold our truth in this world demand our truth in this world 
Thank you, Lilith, for showing up for me, for remembering me, for seeing me. for embracing me and all that I am and all that God made me to be and reminding me that I can make space for myself even if the others don't. The importance of my liberation to my freedom, my authenticity, my needs, my desires, my pleasure, my, my life. Thank you for your gifts, Lilith. Thank you for being in relationship with me. Thank you for holding me in those moments when I feel afraid, when I get lost in the fear of that possible rejection of those risks, helping me remember how important it is to be free how essential it is to be free and that I have the right and I should fight for that because I'm fighting for my own freedom and fighting for my own liberation. I'm fighting for others. I'm willing that in this world for all beings. And that is one of the most beautiful things I can even imagine, most meaningful things. It is the work I am called to do. So in so much, so much gratitude and love and uh, honor you, Lilith.